Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Spesh. Hello. And joining us this week, all the way from Wisconsin, John Van Berger. Hey, guys. How you doing, buddy? I'm all right. How you doing? Not two shabs. Can you yeah. say that like Joey Tribbiani? How you, <laughs> How you doing? doing? How you doing? I don't think I did. <laughs> no, you didn't. I was just asking if you could. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> For now on, that's what you got to do. How you doing? <laughs> Anytime I'm on the show, I have to do that. You got to do yeah. that now. That's, yeah. that's the new thing. <laughs> Should we start this recording all over again? How you doing? <laughs> Uh, how are things south of the border? Um, well, you know, we are in that that uh, brown period right now. Brown period number one of the year, and uh, we're we're uh, we're getting uh, ice off everything, so we're we're finally able to get out and do some paddling. I haven't gotten on the water yet, but hoping to next week. And uh, yeah, so it's things are starting to open up. I guess you'd say. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, same up here. It's uh, this past, like, I've seen more pictures of people posting first first paddle of the year this, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, this past yeah. week. And uh, I've seen uh, word from uh, Gonkin Park and people at uh, Opionko Outfitters are predicting that the ice should be out in the next two days. Woohoo! Mm. That, that's predicting. Predicting. It's going to take some wind and some other stuff, so. Yeah. It's on its way. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, we've been having rain and stuff like that, so. Ah, tis the season. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Almost May. Actually, I got a Facebook memory um, from six years ago, I think it was. Uh, on this past Tuesday, I was up in Algonquin Park on uh, Rock Lake with Marcus Rabino. Oh, yes. Enjoying a fish dinner. Nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was, a, yeah, so April, end of April was a, the first paddle of the season yeah which was nice uh but being the first time of the year we got stuff to talk about oh yes um mm-hmm. but however before we get into all the serious stuff toronto outdoor adventure show you're not going next weekend are you i hadn't planned on it no yeah I, i'm gonna be there uh tracy's gonna to be there with me i think alan drum is gonna be a lot of people are gonna be there oh, yeah. except for derek <laughs> uh, I'm going to be there walking around. I'll, I know I'll be there Saturday, and I'll probably be there part of Sunday because Ben Stacy's giving a talk on our uh, Trent Severn waterway trip. Oh, is yeah. It? So nice. that should be good, yeah. Which, but, again, is on YouTube now, so people down here south of the border can also see it. Yeah, have you watched it yet? I have not. Well, episode four is good if you're into the Tragically Hip. <laughs> okay. I think okay. it's episode four, yeah. All right. I've been... I've been I've been sucked into Viking shows lately. Oh yeah, I, I can't seem to get off the topic. I, I, you know, we went through Vikings. We went through Vikings Valhalla. We're in the Last Kingdom now, and you know, all I want to do now is you know, row a Viking boat around and pillage and plunder. So, my question on Facebook this week: <laughs> If you were being buried at sea, yeah, would you like to be dropped over ceremoniously over the side? Or launched from a trebuchet while set on fire. <laughs> Would you be pretty cool to see? Yeah. The majority yeah. of people chose the trebuchet option. 
And other people choose the third option, which involved a Viking funeral. <laughs> so we just combined option two and three with basically a two-for-one deal. <laughs> we will okay. light your Viking ship on fire with a flaming body from a trebuchet. <laughs> <laughs> Better hope the aim's good or we might have to throw a couple extra bodies at it. Yeah, that's we'll be true. prepared. Yeah. <laughs> get him stacked and ready. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, Phil. George, get in here. It's your turn. <laughs> Somebody hit that boat. Come on. Uh, next spring, my daughter's been asking me to go to Vancouver. So I'm saying next spring we might be going to Vancouver because I got a buddy out there. I haven't seen him since we lived in Saskatchewan uh, when we were like 15, 16. But he lives just south of Vancouver. So if things align, all the stars align, I'll be paddling in um, out that way next spring. Do some sea cool. kayaking out there. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Derek talks about it enough, so I got to go <laughs> see if it's really as good as he says. And if it's not, <laughs> you better not be here when I get back. <laughs> <laughs> I should be good, I think. We're looking forward to that, so. Um, but as we were saying there earlier, the time of year is cold water. We've already seen a few things. Derek, you passed over a little uh, message that yes. was posted about somebody being. So yeah, so uh, the story came across. It was uh, it's it's nice when people are honest and they just say, "Listen, this is what happened," and uh, learn from my mistakes, type thing, right? Yeah. So uh, this gentleman was. Uh, out doing some spring fishing, he had uh, borrowed a friend's kayak, and uh, and so he, he, one of the things lessons learned, he says, "Listen, just you have to be familiar with the boat that you're in." And uh, so he said, "Unfortunately, it wasn't his boat, so he didn't know that it had a plug that you could pull to drain water." And the plug, because he didn't know about it, the plug was not installed. So he gets out fishing out there for a bit, and uh, and they see bad weather coming so he says oh i'm gonna head for shore but then he noticed his butt starting to get wet and he's like oh something's going on i'm taking on water and so he uh, he tried to make it to shore but uh, as soon as he started paddling he realized that like it was all wob- wonky because of the water inside and he immediately dumped and so he he figures he was uh he, he was a fair distance away from shore I, I can't remember what they said but uh he managed to make it part way, but he was about twenty minutes in the water, and he could feel the 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 starting bit of uh, hypothermia. And he knew exactly what it was. Oh yeah, he said he yeah. saw, felt coming on. He said he was immediately seized up with uh, from the cold initial shock when he went in, and then his skin started to burn. He says, "Oh, this is the next stage." He knew he was familiar with the signs and symptoms. He was yelling and screaming, but there's no other boats. And then, but then, uh, just a neighbor on the shore who owned a house uh, heard him and came out and rescued him. And uh, and so, yeah, it was. Uh, he was lucky. He was lucky that uh, somebody heard him. And uh, it's one of those things. It's uh, this time of year. You can't take the water for granted. It's, well, the so water temperature they said was 39 Fahrenheit, which is basically four degrees Celsius. Yeah, pretty darn yeah. cold. That's yeah. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's uh, you want to get out for some early spring paddling, like if you can afford it, wear a, a dry suit. Otherwise, don't go too far from shore. Stick no. close, right? 
It's uh, you don't know what's going to happen to get you swamped. You don't know if a boat's going to go by and swamp you, or you're going to forget to put put the plug in your kayak, and you're going to slowly take on water. Then it's 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 hard to maintain balance when you have water sloshing around inside. That's so, for sure. Yeah, so it's uh, it's just one of those things. He uh, he said he was very lucky, and uh, he said it's a lesson learned to be more familiar with your gear, your equipment that you that you have with you. It's uh, could be uh, could make the difference between life and death. Well, you know what? A lot of people are the well. It's not going to happen to me, and but you don't know. You don't know, and it happens that, and even he says that fast. Yeah, like yeah. no warning. There's there's yeah. no. Oops, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, but a lot of the stability is gone as soon as you get some water sloshing around in there, mm-hmm. and uh, you, all it takes is just to the, you wiggle the wrong way. Something on a dry boat would not bother you at all, but uh, in a in a wet boat where you're holding water, it's uh, it just doesn't take much to dump dump them over, right? Not at all. Kayak, canoe, doesn't matter. So when we're talking about this, now we're talking about now in the spring when the water's cold and everything, but. Uh, it's the start of the paddling season for all intents and purposes. People are getting out there. So maybe we should do the, we're thinking we should do the little um, update on what you should have on in your boat when you're out paddling. Mm-hmm. That's why we've got John on this week because John's got the old shit kit. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't go out without it. I don't go out with a, a first aid kit either. A good first aid kit. Yep. Yep. It yeah. just... You know, it, it, you, it's just, it's not something you might do, right? And, and, and people will say, you know, the, what's the line about PDFs and, or <laughs> PDFs, PDFs, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, uh, you know, the line is, well, I'm a, I'm a good, strong swimmer or something. It, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with you, right? No. I mean, like, you know, like I said earlier, somebody could swamp you. Some, you know, you could fall out. You could hit your head. There's, there's so many things that could happen that you have no control over. So, what are the things that you can control? What can you prepare for? Right. That's the things that, that are uh, worth talking about. You know what? And I have one of those. You know those orange safety kits. Uh, you take the lid off. There's it's the, the rope and the bailer. Yeah. The, yeah. I yeah. put extra stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So every time I'm sitting there thinking, oh, you know, I don't take a first aid kit. But actually, I do. It's just in my bailer bucket, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Because And it's so that the way it's it's that kit. Because just because they say you have to have a flashlight and a sound device and a, a rope inside a bailer bucket, you know, or end a bailer bucket, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't put other stuff in it. And right. I've put batteries. I've put salt in there for... Um, leeches. Oh, okay, yeah. Right? Uh, I've put uh, uh, lighters in there, uh, waterproof matches in there. Um, I just got to think of what else I put in there. Uh, I think there's a tick uh, remover thing in oh, there. Oh, yeah, it's a ticky. Mm-hmm. Um, I always have my Nalgene bottle, and it's got black duct tape wrapped around it. So mm-hmm, I can right. peel the duct tape yep. off, and I've, I've got duct yep. tape with me. So, it's yeah, it's it's sort of um, not a bag per se or one kit that has everything mm-hmm. but when you start looking at the, the list of um, what you should have your kit I actually do take a fair amount, a yeah. fair amount yeah. of stuff I gotta yeah. start getting rid of that stuff that's why my portages are so heavy <laughs> <laughs> 
But the yeah, the first eight kid is. I mean, again, that, that anything can happen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're out fishing. You get a um, hook through the finger, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. something like that, or you slice your finger yep. open, or or whatever. Yep. Right? You got to be able to take care of that while you're out there, even on a day paddle. Yeah. It yeah. happens. Things mm-hmm. happen. They're called an accident for a reason, and you should be prepared to deal with them. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, so what do you have to say about the, uh, the kits, John, if now you, you can go to the outdoor kind page and you've got all the, um, what is it? The, the, the summer. Yeah, winter. we've got, if you go to the, the outdoor kind.org, um, we have, as you scroll down the page, you'll see a thing where you can download the, our listing, a PDF of our listing for the the OSHA emergency kit. We've got uh, one list that is the three season kit. Um, so you know the one that most people would take out. And then we have a winter additions subtractions page that goes with it too. So you know you can look at that and think, well, what do I need and what time of year? Because things will change out a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but people can go and download that entire list. What I thought might be interesting with talking with you guys is if we go under the assumption, because I don't think, honestly, I think, you know, if, if you went down to a, a put-in and asked people, you know, how many people have uh, some kind of emergency kit and how many people have first aid kit, hopefully you'll see more people with first aid kit. You probably won't see a lot of people that have an emergency kit. Right. So what I thought we could maybe do, uh, if you guys are game, is we could build up from like putting it putting it together, uh, if you could only take one item, what would it be? And then work our way up to putting together what would basically be a, a decent kit in the event of an emergency. Well, if I could only take one item, I know what I'd take. Okay, <laughs> John Van Berger, because he's always got a full <laughs> kit. <laughs> yeah, but I'm heavy to carry on those. <laughs> yes, <laughs> man. Oh, so I'll bring two things, Derek. Derek, so he can carry my John. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> got it all planned out, baby. <laughs> um, what would I take? Hmm. You know, um. Now, see, I start looking at. I mean, you got to look at where you're going to be paddling. And yep. stuff like that as well. How far from home? Right. How far from coverage, home? Lack of cell coverage. Yeah. Because how long a trip it is. If mm-hmm. you're doing a multi-day trip, you've got some sort of gear. And if you can only bring one... Now, are you saying one item? If, yeah. Like add what, what, or only one item? Only one item. If you could take out just one item. That means uh, you're paddling locally. You're not going far. No, even if we were going far. I would take a headlamp. Yeah. Okay, because I know the ways to make fire without matches. Mm-hmm. Um, I can usually have a billy pot with me, so I can get sap and stuff to boil with some stuff to make. Uh, You're over one some, item already. So no, no, no. <laughs> this is what I'm saying is I already I know how to do all that stuff. Yeah, you know, so I can make some some gluey stuff to to patch. A, a crack or a hole or something like that in the boat. Or a puncture, wouldn't you? But the only thing is, is if you, and make a make a shelter, you know how to make a shelter. So if the only thing you cannot do right off the bat is have instant light in the middle of the night. 
Mm-hmm. Like if your if your fire burns down low, it's going to take you a while to get that going. Yeah. But if you got a headlamp, I think that's the one item I would bring is a headlamp. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Oh, how about you, Derek? Um, the one item like like is it a given that you'd already be bringing water? Yeah. See, when I I think about this, I think the first aid kit is a given, right? Yeah. You'll you'll have a first aid kit. You'll have it in some kind of a dry bag or something, so it doesn't get wet. It doesn't get you know. Um, you, it maintains the integrity of your kit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say you already have that. I yeah. would say I'm going to make the argument too that if you're out paddling, you should have that whistle on your. Yeah, on I should your, already have that. That's yeah, part of your. Yeah. It's a given. Right? It's a, that's ha- part of your yeah. paddling gear that you should yeah. have that. So mm-hmm. yeah. No, like I, I, it's unfortunate Sean went first because uh, I always carry a headlamp with me just mm-hmm. because you never know what happens. But if I was to come up with a second thing, a second thing, well, just some sort of tool or kit, like a like a knife. I usually have a little Gerber in my pocket, so I, I'd say some sort of multi-tool knife gizmo. Okay. Just something that sits on your belt. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. What about you, John? If if we're talking local, I would say you know, and, and local with decent cell coverage, okay? I I'm gonna get really specific on it. Um <laughs> Okay. But I would say if if it's kind of a local paddle and I know I can get to nine one one if there's an emergency, I would take out a roll of duct tape. Really? Yeah. If if I could only take one thing and, you know, I, I knew I could, emergency communications are okay, I would take out duct tape. Because there's so many things you can do with that, right? Mm-hmm. You, can, you can use it to, um, to uh, basically as cordage. You can patch a boat. You can um, use it as bandages, you know, with... Uh, with uh, other cloth or something you may have, or, or from clothing. There's there's just so many different things you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can light it on it. That stuff burns really well, right? So you could light it on fire. If, if, um, it has a lot of uses. So in kind of regular season, paddling season, that would be the the. If I could only take one thing, it would be that. Okay, and now, that's if you're paddling local. Yeah, but if I'm out somewhere and going to be more remote the one thing that i would be sure i had was a satellite communicator so you know for me that's the garmin in reach i think i think sean you use a spot device I right got the spot yeah yeah and there's the um, yeah Zaleo. okay uh yeah i think i think that's the if if it was the one item that would be it if if i'm out in a more remote remote area um, because at least at that point, you know, you can get help if you really need it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so and when I'm going far out like that, I've, that's just automatically yeah. in my kit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And if I were, if and if I parse this just a little bit, uh, if, you know, temperatures or water temperatures are really low, I would take some kind of fire starter. I mean, that would, for me, would be the first. Like, so if, if it's... Uh, very late season or very early season, I I would take something where I could be sure that I could start a fire easily. You know, and, and a lot of 
Um, so whether that's the you know the phosphorus matches or you know whatever it might be, right? right. Um, I would take that would be my first thing because from that you can get heat and light, um, and if you have hypothermia, that's that's going to be a, a good friend for you. So, well, see if the water temperatures are low, mm-hmm. I'm going to have my new. <laughs> Dry suit. Dry suit. Because <laughs> I well, paid enough for that damn thing. <laughs> They're lucky I'm not sleeping in it right now. <laughs> I was going to say, like, you're going to be out in mid, mid-July, you'll be wearing that. Because it'll be August. I'm just getting a ready start. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> just, just making sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so uh, your next one was what, top three? Top three items? Yeah. And I would basically, I would, I would take the... You know, and again, it's sort of on local paddles or whatever. I would take the duct tape. I would take the fire starter, and that's that's when then when I would also add the the utility knife, the Leatherman or whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, these are all things that are. It's really easy just to to toss these into a bag, right? I mean, this yeah. is what we're talking about here. Is is you know, I mean, with the exception of the satellite communicators, none of this is is that expensive. So these are all easy things to add. You know, to to take out when you're when you go out and start paddling this year. Yeah, and see, there's certain things though, like you wouldn't think of them as part of your kit because you automatically take it. Like you take your your life jacket. Mm-hmm. On my life jacket, I already got the whistle. It it never is. It was put on there day one, okay. and it's yep. never left. Yeah. Um, I always have the knife on my on my side on my mm-hmm. belt. Right, mm-hmm. I've got always right. got my water bottle with the with the duct tape. Yep. So there's your signaling device, your knife, and your duct tape right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if I'm going away from home, like I'm not doing local paddling, the GPS automatically the spot unit is just an automatic thing. Okay, so right. I don't even look at that as part of my kit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are yeah. just given items that are going. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it's like the canoe. I'm going out canoeing. That's a given item. I'm taking <laughs> sort of <laughs> thing, right? right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't even look at those as part of the kit per se. Yeah. yeah, and so you're, you know, and that's the same with me, right? I've got the I've got the whistle on there. I have on a lanyard tucked into a small pocket. I have a, a small flashlight. You know, um, I have my my Leatherman actually in my uh, right pocket uh, on the PFD. And, and I actually have all of these things in locations where I can keep, you know, so I know where they're at. I've got the dive knife on the upper top right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I've got those things too. And, and you know, the bottom line is really, you know, I, I'm, you know, as, as doing this as kind of an exercise to say, okay, well, let's build up. If you're, you know, you're just going to take one thing or you're just going to take three or five or whatever. But hopefully most people will be like this too, right? Where it's like, oh, well, I've got these other three or four things. So, okay, what else do I need to think about, right? So if I go along the route, you know, these are just normal things I take without thinking. If Mm -hmm. I had to add a couple things, I think I would go with a fire starter. Yeah. Um, And uh, one of those space blankets. Oh, yes. Those little silver emergency blankets. I have one of those in my first aid kit. Yeah. Um, Because that way, if you are out there and it starts raining or the temperature dips all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. You got something to help yeah. keep some of the chill off, right? Yeah. Uh, the third item 
again, I think that would be the the, mm-hmm. the headlamp. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The headlamp, yep. the space blanket, and um, the fire starter. Mm-hmm. And that's if I'm going a far distance. Yeah. Right. Right. Going right. remote. Yep. Yeah, and and you know, for me, the you know, it, it comes down to that whole. In some ways, where we are talking about those, you know, food, shelter, clothing kinds of things, right? Yeah. Those those basic needs. But yeah, I would take a a lightweight tarp if I'm going to add to my list here, because they're making some really, uh, you know, there's like a six by eight backpacking sill nylon tarp that weighs next to nothing. It packs down smaller than um, than your Nalgene, mm-hmm. and and you can drop that in there and you've got great shelter uh if you need to wrap with it you can you know it's it's something that's really really easy though and really light yeah i, I mean you even get that uh i don't i don't even like to call it rope because it's technically not rope it's this really strong string that you can get now right you've mm-hmm. been able to get it for years but, okay um when we were on woodland caribou or not woodland caribou we went uh on our big 10 day, one of our big 10 day trips through Algonquin, uh, one of the front seat broke. Oh yeah. yeah. So we just got a stick, mm-hmm. put mm-hmm. it underneath and then we used this string, yep. just wove it around it, wrapped it around it. And it was like, salt. and I mean, you need to cut this with a knife. You yeah. Can't just Engineered lineage. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, even just taking some of that. And the other thing you do is I've got one of those. What do they call those those bracelets and stuff? The, oh, that you it's can, made of paracord. Oh, yeah. The paracord, the paracord yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's got a built-in whistle and a clip. And I got one of those books that teach you how to make so many different things. <laughs> yeah. And I've actually got a huge loop of it on the bottom of my big yellow sea um, line bag. Oh, okay. I use mm-hmm. it as a, as a handhold. Yeah. But if need be, I take that apart and I've got about 30 feet of rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So, yep. um, yeah, something like that would even be a good idea to take. Absolutely. I I drop in uh, water, some form of water treatment in, in my oh-shit kit as well. And that is assuming that I have some other way to make water, or if you're just going out for a day trip, yeah. you know, that, you've, that you're carrying enough water, right? Mm-hmm. But this is, you know, like, uh, like the pills, for example, um, or you can get the drops, but this is something where it's fairly quick and, you know, it's, it's just in case of an emergency, right? Um, yeah. so I, I will add that as well to, to my kit. Yeah. I mean, I've been on canoe trips where we have the gear to, to filter water, but it's packed away and you're in the middle of a big lake and it's just all of a sudden blasting hot and you realize you're, you're out of water. Um, I've done the Nalgene Put your hand down as far as you can go. Let the open the lid. Let the water go in, so yep. you're not getting the stuff off mm-hmm. the, the top. Right. And I've drunk, uh, drunk, drank, drunk, <laughs> drunk that. Um, <laughs> I've consumed. had that. I've consumed that before. Uh, but you wouldn't want to do that more than once. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You well, know? you're you're. It's a it's a risk, right? Yeah. The, the good thing about, and I know people will will scream and yell about this one, right? Um, when you're looking at taking different things out, there are some waterborne illnesses that if you are exposed to, they're not going to hit you that day. 
right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. if, if you're drinking, you know, water and there's a dead animal floating in there, you know, that might hit you that day, right? That <laughs> might hit you within, you know, it's like that yeah. food poisoning six-hour mm-hmm. window or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, a lot of these are, it's going to be multiple days down the road. So if you're looking at the point where you're saying, I'm really dehydrated and heat exhaustion and heat stroke could be a real problem here you drink the water and then you immediately you know you you're you make sure that you are in a good position sort of for that average time later when it would show up jardia or something like that yeah and and i've made that i've i've i made that call we were backpacking up in alaska long long time ago and and you know it was like okay we're basically it, it got really hot and it was a long uphill slog and yeah, we made that we made that decision and it was like, okay, well let's just make sure that if you know, if we end up getting beaver fever or something, we're we're near a hospital. Right. Um, you know, so, you know, yeah, you can you you hopefully you don't have to make that decision, but if you do, you think through that clearly and 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 make that choice. I I've, I've been hit by it once. It was uh so it was when we were on the Minas Link and we were so we were cautious about putting the pills in the water, but it was hot and we were paddling a lot, so we were consuming a lot of water. So the pills take about a half hour to clear the water. But mm-hmm. I wasn't being that cautious about the water that was on the the rim of my analgene. So uh-huh. I think that's how I got it in me. And it hit me about ten days after I got back from the trip. Yeah. And uh so it uh I will say this though, it's a really good weight loss program. <laughs> Like <laughs> I, I dropped I dropped ten or twelve pounds in in about uh, six days seven days. It was yeah. uh, it was pretty effective. So huh. <laughs> I went to Mexico, and while I was down there, everybody was getting Montezuma's revenge. Okay, not me. I got it when I got home about <laughs> eight days later. So I'm banking on that. <laughs> That's my uh, uh, theory. But you know what? Like, I mean, even watch all these these big trips, uh, like the Bairds and, and the Northern Scavenger yep. and all that. They do these massive, massive trips. And you got to think, they're not showing it on video, but somewhere along the lines. Because no expedition that long goes no, exactly yes, to plan. Exactly. Right. There's yeah. little bits they're going, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this because I've got to, but I'm yeah. not going to film it. Or And it could be simple, something simple that they don't film as just drinking straight out mm-hmm. of a lake yep. or a river or something like that, right? But right. you got to think right. they're doing it with an ounce of, okay, I'm not just going to go up to that beaver dam and scoop there because i can stand on the beaver dam <laughs> i'm gonna paddle up to the middle of the lake <laughs> sort of thing let's you get know. the water that filters through the beaver dam no go stand on that dead animal carcass and lean down and get some better water there might be some flavor yeah so i mean you got to think that that that's part of a a big like like we're talking here when you're way away from yeah you know yep um you've got to have these these things and you're going to have to make some judgment calls every oh, yes. so often. Just the be- the more knowledge you have, the better. Right. Yep. Yep. So you get into um, top ten items and stuff. Yeah, just kind of like building a kit as is kind of going out, um, and that's why I started thinking about like for a headlamp, right? Mm-hmm. Now, but you know, saying that, I, and again, it's it's just kind of an exercise because I've got probably three different light sources on any given trip 
Right. You know, and, and just because, you know, it's like what Derek is, and Derek and you and I have talked about that before, right? When you go out for a day trip and something goes wrong, and all of a sudden you're in the dark, literally in the dark. Yep. And so, yeah, so, but as I'm, I'm building out, I'm thinking, okay, well, what's, you know, I can, I can be in the dark alone overnight versus not having water or, you know, um, whatever it might be, not being warm or whatever else. So I'll take care of those needs first, but the, the headlamp, absolutely. I, yeah, I always have, keep some of those, you know, in, it's just, it's just, a necessity. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah yep. I'm one of those people I carry. I'll carry multiple headlamps. There's a couple of them are really lightweight. Like once it gets packed with my sleeping bag and one is mm-hmm. in my, I have a little pen light in my emergency kit or my first aid kit. And then I yep. have a, a, a decent headlamp that I carry in a day pack, right? So, yep. um, and it's one of those things is that when you, when you try to get, uh, I, I was, did a lot of hiking back with uh, a couple of years ago with the boys and, uh, and so Grant Brower is trying to get me to lose weight on my pack. He's, you know, he's like, how much your pack weigh? He lifted up my pack. He was like, oh my God. <laughs> he couldn't believe how heavy my stuff was. What's <laughs> in there, he said. And so I started unpacking it and I had all these, oh, I might need this. Oh, I might need that. Oh, this is another thing I might come across that I might need. And so he's like, you've got to pare this down. You have to get your weight down to about 35 pounds. It's like from 150. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, I tend to pack heavy, but I'm used to canoeing, right? So the weight yeah. doesn't matter. If I'm going to be carrying it, it's going to be like, you know, you know that most, you know, on average, like what, half half kilometer, one kilometer. So I, I'm not too worried about the excess weight canoeing, but it matters when you're hiking. Especially yeah. when you're going to the uh, Adirondacks. Exactly, yeah, the white mountain. That's, yeah. that's not a portage, my no. friend. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because if that's a portage, you're going the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> now, when you're starting to look at bigger numbers of stuff to add, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going with the headlamp. I'm going with, uh, like you say, a lightweight tarp. Uh, maybe a food, some snacks, energy, energy bars, bars or, and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. Um, some sort of water filtration. Um, yeah, the fire starters, knives, stuff to that. If you are going to be stuck somewhere for a while, yeah, then mm-hmm. you can prepare an area, be it shelter, uh, get your shelter, your water, and if need be, even uh, we used to take uh, snare wire. Okay, yeah, we always yeah. had a little because copper snare wire was so. They're not copper. Uh, it's that gold metal snare wire. Yeah, it used to be so lightweight and easy to yeah. get. You just put it in a little baggie and. Yeah, in the bottom of your pack. It's very, very strong. Yeah, so if something happens, but, you're able to get a rabbit or mm-hmm. something, right? And you can you could take that copper snare wire and sell it to some meth heads who could yeah. then parlay that. Oh no, no, sorry, that's a different, <laughs> sorry, that's a different thing altogether. That's urban preparation. Yeah, urban prep. <laughs> that's right. Urban prep. <laughs> so in case I need to hide out underneath a bridge, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I take my copper snare wire. I trade it for a couple of energy bars. Yes. <laughs> and a Mickey of something. <laughs> Wild turkey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because, you know, the wild turkey, you can set that on fire to start. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Urban survival. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, y- you know what? Um, go to the outdoor kind and definitely 
Check it. John, what's the uh, uh, website? It's theoutdoorkind.org. See, ORG, I can never remember, and I don't know yeah. why. So uh, if, if you go to .com, it will shoot you over to it as well. So, But just make sure you're using the outdoor kind. If you go to outdoor kind, that means, uh, I believe that's outdoor kid in German. And so somebody over there has that one. Uh, so you have to use the the outdoor kind. Dirty, rotten, no goods. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. I tell you. Uh, and yeah, check out uh, all the oh shit kits and definitely, you know, in one way or, or another, uh, make sure you have as much of it as possible. You know, you don't need as every you don't need to be carrying a tent if you're doing some local exactly but paddling right. some, but there's, right. there's some critical that, items uh, you should have with you yeah especially the first aid kit is a, a definite must and imagine anybody yeah. listening to us right now there they have all their own little theories and themes and what they want to carry yeah. and, and i imagine a lot of people are very very similar with their you know the, their uh, your pocket carries and this that the other thing with you with you can have with you on every trip type mm-hmm. thing yeah. So I don't yep. think we're saying anything new to people, but if there is anybody new listening to the podcast, then this will give you an idea of where to go and how to get your own prep. And and uh, with uh, John's old shit kit, it's uh, it's pretty elaborate and uh, compact. It uh, it'll cover a lot of your contingencies. Uh, you still have the contact info uh, on your page there, John. Yeah. Yep. So if anybody has any comments about the or questions about the old shit kits, they can just drop you a line and. Uh, You'll get back yes. to him at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, happy to help. And, you know, the other thing I will say, just because it is start of the season, that also means it's start of tick season. Oh, so yeah. just as a reminder to everyone out there, um, I have a friend that's about 20 minutes north of us here, and she already has gotten her first tick of the season. Wow. Um, so, yeah, think about that. Um, think about getting... Uh, the the tick keys are really nice that will pull the tick off without uh, or, or complete with it, the tick head that's embedded. Um, so go ahead and Google tick key. Um, you know, you can take along tweezers and pull them that way. Unfortunately, a lot of people won't, they won't use those properly. And so that head stays inside. Yeah. So, um, so the tick key is a really easy thing. I love them. We've got... I think we've got three or four of them around the house. We keep one in the car. We keep one with the dog stuff, whatever it might be. So, um, and the other thing is um, permethrin spray. Is, oh, for is, bug stuff. Yeah. Yeah, is really good to spray on, for example, your pants and your socks and your boots. So that if the ticks, you know, that's typically where you're going to pick up the ticks. Um, that will kill them as they're kind of the, the they would typically start walking north if you will um uh, toward warmer parts of your body yeah uh, that shall remain nameless and uh <laughs> you know that <laughs> it, yes it will basically will kill them um so that's good just um you know get that follow the instructions on it and i think um sawyer makes some i don't know if it's sold in canada though someone told me that no it it's wasn't not. sold up in canada is that true it's yeah. not in I, I picked it up down the States. They might have it here now, but a couple of years ago when I was looking for it, I had to go to the States and get it. Because I know there's places that are selling clothing already. Yes. Impregnated, yes. yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Now, the other thing I found out about that is after a few washes, mm-hmm. I don't know, like maybe a dozen washes, yeah. it's not as 
potent as effective. it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So because you're spending 150 bucks on this permethrin treated pair of pants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not always going to be It's not going to be yeah. your $150 pair of awesome tick, mm-hmm. tick proof pants yeah. for long. Yeah. Just don't and, and it depends. I I've had really good luck with uh, the ex officio travel wear. Um, I had a a shirt, and it was multiple years old, and a tick. When I was out on a, a backpacking trip, tick got actually between my backpack and up against that shirt. And when I got into the tent at night, I you know undressed and everything. And I saw the tick on the shirt, and I thought, "You little bastard." Um, so I'm going to go, you know, I'll pop it off there and kill it. It was already dead. And this was multiple years old, multiple washings. And there was still apparently enough, uh, bonded to that thread. There was enough there to kill it. Good. Hmm. good. So yeah, either that, or it was just how bad I smelled after hiking for several days. There is that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else we got? Oh, Hey, you got a buddy from the Ukraine. Yeah. Oh, yes. the update with him. So, some really good news. So, my friend uh, Mikola, who um, I met at the um, Wilderness First Responder course that I took, and we talked about a few years ago on the show here. Um, he is uh, from the UK, uh, Ukraine, lived up near Kiev, and mm-hmm. he was able to get out finally. Awesome. Uh, he and his partner, Sophia, and their, their dog, Luna, um, they're in France now, and so I, I just found out about that recently. Was was absolutely thrilled because of everything going on over there, and the reason we're talking about it here is again because I met him through the the Wilderness First Responder course. But also, he's an outdoors guy. He's a paddler, a hiker. Uh, you know, you, you kind of name it outdoors. He does it. He's he's worked as an outward bound instructor with kids. Um, so he's, he's done all of these really cool things and he was, he was able to get to a small town in France, which is where he's at right now. Excellent. And where is he going to? Yeah, this is the other part that's really cool. So you say, okay, that's great that he's out. He is going to be working at a camp, uh, near Aurelia, Ontario. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a camp up there. Uh, the two of them will be working up there. They are in process of kind of getting everything set up to come over. He's going to try to get over uh, mid-May. And um, so, yeah, so it's, it's you know, that area is so beautiful as you're, you know, you're working your way up towards Algonquin. Um, the people out in that area are great. I've spoken at uh, Aurelia yeah. at the, the high school there a couple of times mm-hmm. and just great people. So I'm really thrilled that he's going to, that he's going to be up there and they're going to be safe and and in a really good place, you know? Well, hopefully when you come over in June, there you mm-hmm. go. Um, yeah. if he's over here, you'll be able to maybe make a quick day trip up and uh, say hello. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely planned on it. Excellent. Did we just lose John? Oh, we just lost John. Let's take a quick break here and we'll be right back with John. Hi, this is Dark Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. 
We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. We got rid of the little gremlin in the machine here. I don't know what uh, happened, but... uh, But then we called him back. Yeah, and we called him back. <laughs> How you doing, John? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm about the same as I was five minutes ago. <laughs> I, this is not the first time that's happened. It's weird. Just all of a sudden we'll be talking and we notice all of a sudden there's a little hiss or something that's not in our headphones. And we're like, I don't think John's there. <laughs> I think John has left us. <laughs> ah, what yeah. are you going to do? Yeah. I thought it was just this kind of weird, but very, very long, awkward silence. It was an awkward silence. Derek said <laughs> something, and that was it. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, your buddy there that's over, hopefully you get up to see him in June. Now, you say yes. there's uh, something else that he's got going. Yeah, he um, he's setting up, uh, he has set up, his friends in France said, look, you should set up a GoFundMe so people can help you know, uh, defray the cost of, of coming over. It's, you know, obviously expensive to fly right now and it's getting a lot more expensive, right? As, mm-hmm. as, uh, with fuel costs and with costs associated with what's happening in the Ukraine. So, so they have set up, um, a GoFundMe to try to help them get from France over to Canada. So if you can spare anything at all, um, we'll put the link up. I will I will send you guys the link. It'll be up on my page and on, on uh, the Outdoor Kind page and stuff as well. Okay. Where um, if you can go ahead and help out, I mean, you know, anything will really help, right? Um, the other thing that's kind of cool is... Um, he can also accept Air Canada points. So if you're somebody that travels around a lot, Alan Drummond, and if you have <laughs> a lot of Air Canada points, if you can spare any of those, you know, you can donate those to his account. So if you go to uh, his GoFundMe page, they have that on there as well. Um, you know, he's this is a legit thing he's a good guy and he's coming over uh to canada and uh you know he and his partner and their dog and and after what he's been through we we talked about some of the stuff um because i was going to mention it on the outdoor kind uh podcast as well and then we turned off the recorder and then we talked more about some of the specifics of what's happening in the ukraine and you know it's it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking stuff yeah and uh you know, so he is part of his family is still back in there, and and uh, you know he's he's in France, but we we really want to be able to get him to Canada, and so if anybody can help out, uh, we we sure appreciate it. Can we trade Derek for like a couple hey. of tickets? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, did you hear that, I'm Derek? Right here. <laughs> Would Air Canada want Derek? <sighs> Who wouldn't want Derek? He's a great guy. <laughs> this is true. I mean, this is true. 
With that bushy beard he's got growing right now and the hair. He looks like Grizzly. Who wouldn't want him? There you go. He's so fluffy. (laughs) Seems to me you're trying to build him up a lot to get a better price or something. I know, I know, eh? Hey, salesman. I'd be careful there, Derek. Yeah. (laughs) But wait. Now how much would you pay? Because not only will you get a Derek. (laughs) He comes with a canoe. Yeah. Uh, Um... Yeah, throw us that information. We'll throw it up so that uh, people can help him get over here so that he can do the uh, camp with kids uh, all summer. Yeah, yeah. That would be cool. Thank you. Uh, speaking of overseas, International Canoe Polo Tournament is returning to Liverpool after two <laughs> years of the great panini. We're, call- uh, the, we're calling the uh, the COVID pandemic the great panini. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter and i have started that yeah you know the the, the big panini the the, the pandemic <laughs> the 31st international canoe polo tournament hosted by friends of allenby canoe club will take place saturday the 11th and sunday the 12th of june at prince's dock in liverpool waters Canoe polo. Well, now, we talked about canoe polo a few years ago. Did we? We did. We did. Do you not remember? It's brutal. We spent. We sat here watching videos like for two hours when we were supposed to be recording a show. <laughs> canoe polo is five-a-side team game played in kayaks. Small, like little single-person smaller kayaks. Played competitively around the world. The Friends of L&B Canoe Club have teams competing nationally and internationally at all abilities from beginner to elite levels. If you have never watched Canoe Polo, go to YouTube and watch some of the vi- the videos. Like It can get brutal. Do you not remember watching the one where it's like basically the starter, they put the, 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 the ball in the middle? And then there's the teams on both sides, and they just make a beeline for oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, the front of the kayaks hit each other, and the one kayak <laughs> goes up, and he hits the other guy, like, right in the chest with the front of it. Do you not remember that? <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, oh. yeah. yeah. So how was he injured? Stabbed by a kayak during a game. impaled by a kayak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so Canoe Polo is returning uh, the international stage this year, which is nice to hear. Um, you know, like I say, it's, it's slowly all these things are starting to come back, and uh, Canoe Polo is, is making its comeback as well. Cool. Uh, another thing we talked about a while back, and this is um, this was back in 2019, just before the Great Panini hit. Because <laughs> we talk about everything kayaking, the Dutch prog rock band Kayak. Oh, yes. <laughs> so they're doing they, their, their final tour... Their farewell tour was put on hold, and now it's back. But they have announced they have been forced to cancel their two UK dates on their final tour. The shows in London and Manchester in May have been canceled with the band, uh, citing other prog gig clashes and Brexit <laughs> issues. Well, so unfortunately, you're going to have to go to uh, Europe uh, proper to. I think Belgium, Germany, the Netherlands, if you want to see uh, Kayak's farewell tour. Mm. So just thought we'd throw that out there. Sad to see you go, <laughs> boys. 
<laughs> I didn't even actually see you, but hey, <laughs> has kayak in the name. Uh, glowing kayaks. We've also talked about that a few shows back. Uh, Toronto kayaks. Remember, they offer the nighttime adventure where you jump in these kayaks. Uh, they got the um, glow in the dark. They say, they call them glow in the dark, but they're not glow in the dark. They they're got LED up. lights on them. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And they ha- they uh, get to paddle the Humber River in Toronto, the uh, west side of Toronto. There's uh, the hybrid kayak canoes fit one to two people, come with LED lights and Bluetooth speakers, so you can listen to your favorite tunes as you paddle. <laughs> Which you know just. <laughs> Makes everybody happy. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Calgary Kayaks has joined in the fun, as it is now offering rentals to people who can paddle on the Glenmore Reservoir. They have launched Illuminated Escapes, the first glowing kayak rental in Calgary. Mm-hmm. So now it's made it all the way across Canada to Calgary. Yep. Toronto Kayaks, Calgary Kayaks. Same company, you think? Yep. Mm. Absolutely. But wait. <laughs> but that's wait, not there's all. More. There's more. <laughs> if you head south to Texas, uh, if you're in Texas, you may be able to tour uh, the Texas coasts in glowing kayaks as well. Glow Row is a tour company now offering this unique experience, which allows paddlers to see underwater at night through the clear light-up kayaks. So it's not like a kayak that was just lights on it. They're actually clear, like thin plexiglass or something like that, a formed tub. <laughs> uh, the tours are offered in many different locations as well, which is cool because each location gives a chance of seeing something different. Uh, the one thing they say, you have a better chance of seeing dolphins at Port O'Connor and more a chance of seeing fly fish in Rockport. Uh, so it's, yeah, depending on which location, I think there was like five or six locations in, on the Texas coast now. Did, did any of them list great white sharks coming up out of the dark at night? I think that'll be our down? next show will be kayak Sydney, uh-huh. kayak Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait for it, boys. It's coming. Uh, it sounds like this light up kayak night tour experience is really starting to catch on. Mm. But yeah. I think, and we've mentioned it before, when you're going to these places that have the real cool fish and stuff, yeah, you know, like you're paddling along and, and you see a barracuda or a, or a oh, stingray yeah, yeah, yeah. or like you say a dolphin yeah. comes scooting by as opposed to Toronto Harbor where you see a body or a rubber boot, <laughs> a tire. Hey, that's a snowplow tire. <laughs> I don't know that. I just, I, I got to give Texas the win on this one. <laughs> uh, so keep your eyes out for glowing kayaks, uh, night paddles. It'll be, I'm sure it'll be coming to a place near you yeah. pretty soon. Um... One more here. Do I got one thing? Yeah, one more thing here. We talked ages ago because we talked about it becoming an Olympic sport. Yes. Tanking. <laughs> where you get the cattle uh, water tanks and somebody decided oh, we're going to yes. throw one. Yes. <laughs> so some interesting facts. Nebraska 
has more miles of river than any other state, making it the perfect destination for a float trip. They become known for the unique way of floating called tanking. All it requires is a group of friends, a, a livestock water tank, and a river to float on. Now, was it Texas we were talking? We heard about it first. I don't know where the location was, but it was something like that. It was, it was something very yeah. Because all I'm remembering is um, hot spot, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and place with guns. <laughs> yeah, we, I, I was on that show. I think. Yeah. I was that it one. Texas? Because we we're talking. If 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 you were sitting in the tank, and you had the guys with the guns, and you put targets along the riverbank as you went, yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. you had beer in there as well, <laughs> alcohol, guns, and targets. Yeah, like people would pay bucks to do that, <laughs> big bucks, right? Uh, a tank typically holds four to six adults. Um, and you can load up your coolers, radio, card games, and more. Card games? I know, right? Yeah. Hey, guys, let's go this weekend. We'll get a tank, some beer, and we'll have a <laughs> poker tournament. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, you sit back, float, laugh, jump out, cool off, climb back in, gaze at the scenery, bask in the sun, enjoy the company of your shipmates. Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> and if you're hanging out with Sean, you pull out the gun and you shoot some targets. Um, tanking trip can range from two to six hours, depending on how much scenic beauty you can tolerate. Trip also includes panoramic skies, wildlife, and a gently moving river that winds between the luscious green hills most people don't believe we have here in Nebraska. (laughs) Yes. The perfect summer adventure. Uh, there, there are numerous outfitters that rent tanks in Nebraska. Now they do, yeah. It's not like there's yeah. one or two guys. Mm-hmm. There's like a lot of it's them. It's very popular. It is like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so just to kick things up a notch, Derek, <laughs> the polar bear tank race. Yes. So this here is... Uh, so I discovered this in an article. It was uh, outside online. Unfortunately, for anybody who doesn't pay subscription fees, it's behind a paywall. But it's it was a really good article. I was laughing my whole way through that article. The author was really good. Anyways, so he describes a situation where he very recently just uh, just in March he um, he his wife uh, he had planned on doing this trip with his wife. She abandoned him. Went to New York. So he. He called up a bunch of his buddies and they said, hey, let's, uh, why don't we do this tank race? And so this outfitter, like just a few years ago, like there's some farmer, he had his, uh, his he had his uh, water tank for his cattle and he threw it in the river. He was talking about it and he said, oh, I'll try it out. Next thing you know, and him and a buddy tried it out. Hey, this, this is really cool. His buddy ran an outfitter for canoes and kayaks and the guy went out the next day and, uh, and bought himself like a dozen tanks to uh, become part of his fleet. Anyways, uh, every winter, what is it? It's in Mullen, Nebraska, right? Yeah. So it's they, they run the Middle Loop River in Mullen, Nebraska. It's uh, around the beginning of March. Uh, so you get a bunch of teams. They, uh, you dress up, you uh, decorate your, your tank on the go so it's not... Yeah, so <laughs> on the go. So yeah. you can't decorate, you can't pre-decorate no. your tank. When you're floating down the river... That's when you decorate it. 
That's awesome. <laughs> I like that rule. <laughs> so, but it's pretty neat. So they, they, it's it's really cold, and you just get a bunch of buddies, and you uh, and so this is the first time they did. It. Apparently, there's a technique to it because if you uh, don't coordinate paddling with everybody, it, you just spin in circles. So, <laughs> see, you know, once they get drunk, they're just going to try to go really fast circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, you're I would spinning down the river, just <laughs> like a, a, a merry-go-round, yeah. right? And so it's a, they want at least four people per team, four or more. I think you can fit up to six people. Mm-hmm. You know, have soup cook-offs, and there's welcome receptions. There's trophies, and it's uh, it's it sounds like it's a really fun time. And uh, it's I, I, me and Sean, we were like calculating the how long a drive is it? Hmm, twenty hours, <laughs> eh? And so, so <laughs> we're planning on, on uh, next March being down in uh, Mullen, Nebraska, to uh, try out the uh, polar bear tank race. John, how far is Nebraska from you? It's not far. Not far. He's just not north far of at it. all. He's just north. Okay, of so there's three team members. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want. Yeah. Darren Bush is out that way, too. Is he? There's four team members. <laughs> Kevin Callan, he'd come. There's five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Alan would. Oh, probably. There's six. We get Alan to drive. Yeah. There's our six-man <laughs> team right there. That'd be awesome. It sounds like it's, a, it's, a, it sounds like it's fun. Well, and they do a, fo- a soup cook-off. Yes. Right? And they get all the team members, like or all the, the paddlers, yeah. to be the judges. Yes. So if you've got... 40 paddlers, you got 40 judges. <laughs> That's going to go over well. Uh, it sounds like it's a hoot, though. Yeah, it I know, really eh? does. Like, it's just something that, I mean, like, hey, we talked about it a couple of years back, saying, oh, yeah. this is kind of kooky. The guys yeah. go out and they do this. It's a probably a one-off thing. And now, like, all these people in Nebraska, these outfitters yeah. that are renting but didn't dude go back and buy a whole lot more? So he bought. He initially started with uh, I think about a dozen of these, and uh, he ended up buying an entire fleet of them. He said it's very popular. Like it's, uh, like uh, you know, like wedding parties and and uh, yeah. you know, they, they just it's these. They said it's they're constantly rented. He can't keep them, and he, he, there's always a short a short supply. Right? How much is a cattle tank compared to a new canoe? I don't know. I imagine about. Five or eight hundred bucks. It wouldn't be a lot. So you could probably get like four or five tanks for a canoe price. Yeah, it's absolutely. And these things are like, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say they're bulletproof because I'm sure you could put a bullet through them. But they're they're like a uh, galvanized steel cattle right. watering tank, and so you can bash these things off of stuff. And if you get a dent in it, you hammer the dent back out again. And how do you think it would do on like a class three rapid? <laughs> I don't know that I'd want to be in it. <laughs> It's not like you can actually navigate these things. These things kind of go where they want. But that's not the point. The point (laughs) is the ride. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's like life. It's the journey. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then when when you do this and you die, what an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) They make, you know... You could see where this eventually gets so popular. They start making classes because, you know, they make those like the the horse troughs and stuff out of that oh, yeah. hard plastic yeah. as well. So I mean, you know, you could have the galvanized steel class. You could have the you know the plastic <laughs> class. You could yeah. have a four a four man a six man the voyager right. class. Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> there's, White there's water a tanking. Lot of, 
a lot of things this could, you know, wow. a lot of ways this could go. <laughs> I think we better jump on the bandwagon quick and absolutely. We we got to come up with the international tanking association or something <laughs> like federation or or something just to be first out of the gates. Quick Google, see if that ev- is is a thing yet. <laughs> 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 we have no idea what we're doing, but we're going to rule over it all. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That'd be one of the things. If somebody said, "Hey, we're going to go do this," are you in? I'd be yes, I am in. And yeah, if somebody can't afford to go, I'll pay their way. You know, like okay, th- I'll take you up on that. I can't <laughs> afford to go. If you pay my way. Oh, shut up! You're closer than we are. We're paying for <laughs> gas. <laughs> if anybody can't afford it, it's I, us. I tried. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. Can't blame you for that. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. Oh. Okay, I I will say though, I gotta I gotta take issue with the as they were putting it together. They said Nebraska has more miles of river than any other state. Yeah, I I don't think that's true. No. Um, I mean you've got. You've got Alaska and Texas, and Alaska is twice the size of tes- Texas anyway. So I'm thinking that I'm thinking somebody down there is trying to get people to go to Nebraska. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, they I told quoted, it, I quoted it verbatim. Nebraska has more miles of river than any other state. I know, but see, I'm Those thinking liars. I, I'm thinking they're trying to get settlers or something. Settlers. <laughs> <laughs> River miles? Good land? I'm going. <laughs> we're going there. We're going to set us up a farm. And when we're- uh, I got to believe. I got to believe the Alaska's got them, and a couple other states got a you know got a little bit more there. But uh, but I am I am all for the race. I am all for the tanking trip. That'd be something. Like if it's it's a three day thing, right? So. Mm-hmm. One day you're doing the registration and the all the meet and greet and all yeah. the welcoming stuff. The next day yep. is the race, and then we drive home the third day. Oh, so it'd be four I days. Think, I I think we need to do this. The tanking, yeah. So, We've uh, done everything else. Or yeah, I've attempted. <laughs> yeah, one way or the other. So this is, and then we got to if we go overseas, we got to do the coracle. Yes, right? absolutely. We got to yeah. go to London and, or whatever and uh, do the coracle, but we got to do that over in England. Can't do mm-hmm. that here because it's just not the same. So I yeah. googled it there, John. So Alaska has the most rivers, but Nebraska has the most river miles. I I I I I disagree. I'll take up the sword on this one again. I'm watching too many Viking things, but are <laughs> are Nebraska? Uh, rivers all windy, whereas yeah, whereas the Alaskan rivers are sort of straight. Alaska has like three thousand rivers throughout the state. Uh, Nebraska river miles eighty thousand river miles eighty thousand miles right. of Hang rivers. On. Alaska has three hundred and sixty-five thousand miles of river. Three hundred sixty-five. I think I think we got to get Nebraska and, uh, and Alaska together for a cage we'll match. They will get the governors to fight. There you go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in a tank <laughs> while going down a river spinning, <laughs> and the other tanks get to scoot by them and throw things at them. 
Let's see, now we have to get involved with the, you know. The Federation. you got to make the Federation. Sorry. The hydrology and, yeah. Let's, These are the rules yeah. as drafted by the Federation. <laughs> so not only can we have the race, but we can have the states, the state battle as well. All in one. <laughs> so so you know how like they have all these different races for stand up paddleboard throughout the year? Yeah. We'll have all our races at once on one <laughs> weekend. Full contact. It'll be awesome. <laughs> I, I think, think uh, I think this is this is worth the doing. We're on to something, boys. We're on to something. <laughs> Look it up, Kowalski. <laughs> uh, that's all I got this week. What about you, Derek? Anything? No, that's all I got. That's it? Nothing? Oh, you're you're fully in your house now? I'm fully in, but I'm not unpacked. Close enough. Paddling <laughs> season's here, buddy. The kids were paddling in the pool today. You got I, your pool up already? Well, no, it's not up. It's winterized. So it's green and... It's green and stinky and leaves and... And your kids were in it? Well, they weren't swimming. They were in a boat in the pool, paddling. Uh, <laughs> ew. Well, they weren't swimming in it. Now your boat's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> John, you got anything else? Uh, all I know is uh, we've got the next issue of... Or issue. <laughs> the next episode of the Outdoor Kind adventure show podcast we're going to have um uh, marissa dolatalis our co one of our co-hosts uh, just went down to the galapagos yes and uh she'd done some paddling down there and some hiking and uh scuba or snorkeling and stuff so we're going to talk about that and maybe Wasn't a special guest as well somewhere else before or just after that you know what you cannot keep track of her anymore <laughs> no, I saw her. I'm sure they were, because she's with the, was it Wild Women Adventures or something? Mm-hmm. Yep. They were at one yep. spot, and then they, I'm sure they were at one spot, and then they went to the Galapagos, or they were at the Galapagos, and then went to another spot. Yeah. She's, and she's she's got, like, the the schedule for the summer and fall are amazing. I, I just want to carry her bags, and, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And then when she's home, she's, you know. She's up in uh, Meaford, which has got lots of hiking and paddling up there. So I, she's figured this out. Does she actually, like, work? <laughs> this is her work. Doesn't sound like work. <laughs> <laughs> How do I get that job? <laughs> I know, right? Awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't have anything either, so... Uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream all our episodes on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can go to the episode page at PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com and either stream or download all our episodes there. When you're there, hit the big old merch button and go check out what uh, some of our uh, Paddling Adventures Radio gear. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. Again, if uh, anybody's going to the Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show this coming weekend uh, at the International Center out in Mississauga, uh, if you see me, come up and say hello. And if you see Derek, let me know. I didn't think he was going. So, <laughs> John, thanks for being on this week. 
Hey, thank you. It's always fun. Uh, and I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Dirk Specht. We'll see you next time.